Welcome back to the Emo Social Club podcast, where we just hit a landmark in our podcasting days. We have our first lost episode. <laughs> because I uh, had my settings all messed up on the recording. So we just streamed a full episode uh, so you can go and watch me talk to a silent Lizzie on <laughs> Twitch if you want to see that but um this is us basically just recreating that episode for the podcast listeners uh and you know what it's not a real podcast it's not a creative endeavor if you don't have to do it fucking twice right remember failure makes perfect it does i am not afraid of failure i do not run from failure i embrace it and i do maybe uh reward myself after failure with some delicious food and tasty alcoholic beverages to feel better about it but (laughs) failure is fine failure is fine anyway uh here we are for another week and uh we are this is the day after valentine's day this episode comes out we're recording earlier in the week uh i just celebrated my birthday at beauty bar on sunday he's alive uh yeah for emo vs pop punk nights Played some bangers and some jammies, and uh, it was good. We had a good fucking time. Um, got to play Evanescence, Bring Me to Life for the room. Love it. Uh, and that went well. People were really super into that. Um, yeah, I actually, I'll put up that playlist on our Spotify uh, probably tomorrow, Wednesday, so it'll already be out by the time this episode's up. Uh, you can go to our Spotify to listen to that. We and have a link on our socials, too, so you can see it preemptively. On the social medias. Uh, we're also going to have uh, another playlist out this week as well. Yeah, uh, so um, suggested to Brian that since Valentine's Day is coming up, and I feel like the um, entire you know, capacity of February is just rotated around the fact that you know maybe someone loves you and maybe no one fucking does. <laughs> <laughs> so, wouldn't really matter. So, we're going to be doing two separate playlists. So, Ryan will be doing one that's more lovey-dovey because he has somebody who tolerates him in his life. And then I'll Beautiful be doing angel. the one... <laughs> then I'll be doing one um, that's basically the single-as-fuck one that I guess people are more familiar with that, like, <laughs> all press does or whatever. Yeah. Um, because the only people who really want to tolerate me are my parents and my friends sometimes. <laughs> And sometimes Ryan. <laughs> I tolerate. You tolerate me when I fuck up this podcast. So. Oh God. Tolerate you for a lot. <laughs> I am learning and I am doing my best. Um, so we have those coming out and you can listen to it. They'll have a array of bangers and bops. Yeah. Uh, email Social Club on Spotify and check all of our social medias on the tweets, on the faces, and on the it, grammars. I don't know if I like that one. <laughs> grammars. Grammars. Uh, always correct grammars. Um, this week I missed the Twitch stream 
<laughs> on Monday. But we have the other one up, so yeah, just go watch me talk to myself, and then I'll be doing. Uh, uh, I did one uh, by this episode. I will have done Wednesday as well, uh, and then uh, we'll also uh, do next week. And I'm probably gonna play Final Fantasy VII, which was kind of a random decision in the last one, but we'll fucking see. I want you to tell me what we should play, audience, all of you out there in podcast land. Uh, just let me know what you would like to watch a man play. And if I have to do voice acting for a game with no voice acting in it, that's even more fun. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm going to come up with so many cool voices. Um, if, you guys are, uh, if you guys are into reading stuff, I am posting more um, articles that I'm writing. So I have one for harassing people at different coffee shops <laughs> called Coffee Talks. It is on my website, the Lizard Zine with two Zs. Because you got to be edgy. And then I'll also have some uh, audio recordings coming out later next week, too, for uh, audio interviews. And then I will also be doing a really cool collaboration documentary video thing that um, I'm being ballsy about because I don't usually do video ever in my entire whole ass life um, with Tiny Kingdoms. So a really cool local Chicago band. They got some new tunes coming out. So really happy to be working with them and uh, out of context get to the gig with that. So just be on lookout in the next six weeks for that <laughs> eventually it'll be out yeah hell yeah so it was the grammys and we couldn't get more than two shits about it not at all uh there were some bands we like at the grammys this year uh bring me the horizon fever 333 and under oath were all there fallout boy was there um so there was there was some some emo representation uh at the event the grams at the grammars the grammars <laughs> I don't like any it's of this um, We didn't really have that much of a opinion on it. Yeah. I mean, I guess the only spicy take I have is the fact that everyone was really upset that Mac Miller didn't win Best Rap Album after yeah. they invited his parents for a memorial. But at the same time, if everyone's complaining it's a popularity contest, that's inherently what how a popularity <laughs> contest is won. Pretty so much. your logic is really backwards if you um, think that that should have happened, but it's a, not a popularity. <laughs> whatever. Basically, Cardi B won, and people are really upset about it, and Ariana Grande is really pissed off about it, too. She deleted and honest... all of those tweets, too, though. She, like, because everybody thought she was talking shit about Cardi, and she's like, no, I'm not mad at Cardi, I'm mad at the Grammys. Yeah, no, that's what I was reading, and it was like, she was more mad at the Grammys than Cardi B, obviously, because there's a separation between the two, because Cardi B isn't like, yo, Grammys, I have to win. Yeah. I, I respect Cardi B for being the like biggest solo female rapper of all time at this point i'm not a huge fan of her music overall but i do respect her uh for having so much success uh i think it's fucking great that that a woman is uh is at the top of her game right now at top of the the hip-hop rap game uh and she's not like Nicki minaj and like dating some dude who's like a pedophile that's also great. Uh, also true, <laughs> I guess. Did uh, we see that uh, Nicki Minaj and Avril Lavigne dropped a song, too, together? Wait, no? <laughs> yeah, just earlier uh, today. So today's Tuesday, the 12th. They dropped that. I haven't listened to it, but I just want to put out there that nothing's ever is going to beat Lil Mama plus Avril Lavigne girlfriend lip gloss remix. Oh, my God. And that's it. That's oh it. Oh, my God. Nothing will ever beat that. <laughs> I guess we do have some spicy takes. Um, 
Yeah, and then uh, Drake. There's also some some. I don't. I I hate saying the term. There's some controversy here. It's like uh, people are just fucking trying to make headlines, uh, which is also a Drake song. But he was basically saying, um, and I don't think it was really a slight at the Grammys. I think that the Grammys thought it was a slight at the Grammys. Um, or he was just saying that, like, it is a popularity contest, but, you know, you shouldn't be so concerned about um, about trying to win at the popularity contest. You should be uh, kind of having the success on your own terms based on what you want to do as an artist, what you want to do as a musician. And, uh, you know, I think he said, if you have people lining up outside of your show in the rain and the snow to come and see you and you're, you're playing sold out shows. That's all that matters. Like if you're happy doing what you're doing, if you're satisfied with your success, like you're already winning more than what a Grammy could offer. And the Grammys is like, Nope, gotta go. Yeah. Uh, because the Grammys is all about getting people to watch. And as far as I know, they're still the lowest watched award ceremony show yeah. on television. So it's like, yeah, of course, but it's because there's so much fucking music out there and people can create it on their own like in their own home on their on their laptop in their bed like you don't have to have a studio you don't you know it's it's not about that anymore it's really more about uh just seeing faces that you recognize and seeing people that you want and and trying to find this controversy and that's all the grammys gives a shit about it's like are you watching for the people you recognize are you watching for the performances which like nobody wanted to perform <laughs> drake didn't want to perform uh, yeah, I don't even know who really performed. I just saw everyone's like outfits, and I'm like, okay, cool. Like, did anyone actually play music? Or I think Cardi did. I I'm, I didn't watch, and I didn't even look up anything after the fact. I know um, I know Drake said he wasn't going to perform, and I know that Childish Gambino declined performing and declined showing up, and he won four Grammys. Well, it'd be like well, the other thing I saw too, though there was a lot of people who were really upset that. This is America, one song of the year. They were upset about that? Yeah, and you were to think it would be people who don't usually listen to rap music or, like, you know, a bunch of, like, white dudes. Um, but it was actually <laughs> a lot of uh, POC because they said that they didn't feel like it was significant enough hmm. comparatively, which I thought was an interesting argument because one side was saying that they looked mainly at the music video. Yeah, probably. Which holds most of the meaning in it. But when you take it when you take the music video away, they're like, "This is just another catchy rap song," and I'm like, "That's such an interesting thought and argument." I don't know how the Grammys goes into taking account for uh, that, what, like what a record get of them the, year. the most attention is how they look at things, right? And I mean, that's obviously it. But I mean, if they are including the music video, which lends to it, that makes sense way more mm-hmm. sense that it did win then because it had a heavier message with the music video involved. I think that's the other spicy take I saw. Yeah. I think that the fact that the music video was so big and it was for, you know, the song is like, well, we're going to, the song was huge because of the music video and it sort of like plays into each other, I guess. But I could, to me, the Grammys are just putting up what they think most people are going to really want to have won. I don't think like it, this is not, an audience participation thing. This isn't like you can vote on who you think wins. It's not American Idol. It's like these are people sitting around thinking what is going to give give us the most attention for awarding the Grammy to this person. And I think that's why 
someone like Donald Glover doesn't want to show up to celebrate that. He's like, I, I made a song about gun violence. I made a video about gun violence and the, the message was already heard. I don't need to then go on the Grammys and spread that message again. Like it's already, it's there. It's completed. Everyone has seen it. Yeah. I also think it, it, people are saying he was like protesting it. And that, that may very well be true. I also think that Donald Glover has decided to, uh, do something more with like an air of mystery around mm-hmm. Childish Gambino and around himself of like, be, he doesn't show up to a lot of stuff like that. And it's just sort of like his his way of, of building up his own notoriety as an artist. And I, I mean, personally, I think it was the right song of the year. I think it was the right record of the year. I think that yeah. it's like it was something that just hit everybody in the culture and the music every music scene like you couldn't like, you couldn't turn away from it because no matter yeah. what your stance is on it you're like oh my god the song was so good and the video was so good and donald glover himself as an artist is so good and i just think it's it you know you put in the work you get what you deserve from putting in that work so yeah i i don't think your spicy take on the grammys doesn't matter they want controversy if anything so like you're better off if you like don't agree with the Grammys. You just be like, uh huh, that was boring. Well, <laughs> like, like uh, didn't didn't Greta Van Yeet want win like Yeet. best rock album too? Yeet. Yeah, Greta Van Yoink. I, if that isn't a testament already to what the public wants, then I don't know. I don't know what else you want. Nobody, <laughs> no one I, was surprised. Yeah, I think I think fuck the Grammys in general. But uh, it was cool seeing some of the bands that we listened to being there, being nominated, being. Uh, yeah, so so big on the stage uh, for that kind of an event for bands that are playing Riot Fest and Warp Tour and shit. Uh, you know, back in the day, it it it's cool. It's cool. It's kind of like representation for for people in our community getting up there on the on the stage. I'm a big old stage. Yeah, so that's neat. Um, but I don't really have much else of a spicy take on the fucking Grammys. Um, so I did want to, uh, mention about something else that happened, uh, over the past week, which was an interview with Gerard Way, uh, where he, uh, he was being interviewed about, uh, the Umbrella Academy because that's coming out. Is that coming out this week? Or I think week? it's this upcoming week. Oh, yeah. I think it's the 15th. I think it's the, the day this comes out. I think right it's, after it's, it's going to, you know, help us. With, you know, not having people on Valentine's Day or whatever. Well, yeah. I eat, like, this kind of chocolate. So. Yeah, whatever. Um, I'm very excited for the show. Uh, I think it's going to be good. And uh, I oh, haven't Brian read the comments, read the... and you yeah, called me well... out for it. It's yeah, lost. Well... It doesn't exist. It's fine. Um, yeah, he doesn't like it, but... Um, it doesn't exist. I'm a very... Real. It has to be close to the comic or book. She's the... I read the book. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I read... Yeah, I read it when I was in high school. But did you read? Oh God, fucking shut up about your age. <laughs> I'm so Listen, old. Listen, you're just old. I'm so old. <laughs> um. Anyway, so Gerard Way was doing an interview for that, and of course, it can't be an interview with anyone from My Chemical Romance without talking about whether or not My Chemical Romance will get back together. And uh, I, I, I mean, basically every article I saw started out with nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, no and here's and, and a lot of it started because him and Ray Toro did a song together for Umbrella Academy too, and everyone was like, "This must be it." It's yeah. like, no, it's just can't they're be friends. Just, they're just being bros. Like, why can't they be bros? 
they uh, they can't because everybody wants my chemical romance back. Um, and of course, you know, these are articles that are essentially trying to push that to get people to read it because it's. I think that my chemical romance is the band that a lot of people wish could. Uh, would reunite would get back together would go on tour um of course gerard is not interested in it really at all he is he, he he's he's doing well and i think that most of the other guys feel very comfortable in what they're doing um i do feel like a lot of these bands that have been getting back together and doing tours are kind of just doing it because they need the money and there's there's contracts behind what they do and they're getting these offers and they they'll they know they'll make some money off of the off of the the, the nostalgia run of emo yeah but he seems to not he seems to say it's not really that my chemical romance isn't really necessary now um and and just that i don't think they need the money now i mean he's got a netflix show coming out he's probably doing okay he's got projects going on he's keeping himself busy and he's got a family like that seems to me like you don't really need to complicate that with your old band getting back together. Right. To and like, right. I mean, like that's the biggest fact is, is that so many people want it to happen, but I think nobody's really like looks at them at the level of they cut out before they burnt out. Mm-hmm. And I mean, everyone now is like really pissed off that like fall Out boy came back and they're like six years ago, fall Out boy came back. And now I wish they didn't because <laughs> nobody likes their newer music. You know, and it's like, okay, but you all were bopping to Phoenix, and my songs know what you do in the dark, so I don't know, I really don't know what you want. I did bop to, uh, I, your, my songs, your words. Um, that one. But, no, any song that starts the chorus with, hey, Youngblood, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Like, no. I, I hated that song, just based on that one lyric, and I understand that that is petty, but I stand by is- it. I stand by my opinion on that lyric than that song. Uh, but the, my song's that's the dark biggest too. issue, though, is that so many people are pissed off now. And I feel like if MCR ever did come back, they would do something so radically different from what people are used to that they'd be even more pissed off. Yeah. They'd be like pissed off to the same extent that like people are with like Fall Out Boy yeah. for like coming out with Mania. And it's like, okay, but listen, where is everyone at? Look at where everyone is at at this point in their life to be producing this type of music. Yeah. I, he, he mentions that like at the end they, they knew they'd have to go back into the studio or record a new album. And they had to kind of like meet expectations for all the stuff that they'd done. And they just weren't really into that. They just didn't want to have to go in and, and kind of play with the expectations of what would be expected from the next My Chemical Romance record. So they're just like, this doesn't seem fun at all. This doesn't seem exciting at all. So let's just not do it. The thing is too, is that their last album was supposed to be a concept album about like parents, like grieving over their children's, their children dying and they all have kids. Yeah. So could you imagine like that emotional roller coaster, even just putting out that one song that they did do? Yeah. Like I couldn't imagine putting out a full album and then touring extensively for it. Talking about like, dead kids when you have kids of your own they were also getting i mean not to say getting up there in age but you could kind of see in their later performances that they didn't have the same kind of youthful energy they used to have like when they were on the three cheers tour like they just were way more crazy and wild than they could really get i think at the uh at their last tour on danger days (laughs) 
just a just a personal thought there, which you know nothing wrong with it. If you, I'm old. I uh, I yeah. I get real fucking tired when I perform, so it's fine. Um, one part of the article that I thought was really interesting, which is something that I have, I've kind of thought a lot about it in uh, just where we're at politically, culturally in our in our in our society right now, is that um, Gerard says that when Obama became the president that he didn't feel that my chemical romance was as necessary because people started to have hope again about uh, the culture around them. And he, I mean, if we think about all the emo bands, when we were listening to them, it was all during the Bush years, 2004, 2005, 2006. And then um, once Obama got into office and people started to become more, more positive uh, in general, uh, in general things were more positive people felt better uh you know there just wasn't much of a need for that sort of angsty angry music anymore in the same in the same way that we had had it and then uh i think now the question really came up as like well then now don't we need it again like don't we need this even harder now and um i think that that's one of the reasons why we have such a resurgence in sad boy music times now is that there is a need for it. There is a, a reaction to what's going on culturally now that, that leads people to want sad, angry, angsty music just to fucking have some catharsis right. in their I in their I think, though, is that a lot of it... I mean, I've seen so many articles from, like, either The Atlantic or, like, Washington Journal about, you know, why is pop music so sad now and it's just because like it's the norm like everyone's sad about what's going on no one can afford anything everyone's <laughs> living at home still we're all broke mm -hmm. our bachelor's degrees don't give us shit anymore we're all in student debt for the rest of our lives <laughs> like what else am I, i'm gonna be sad about it because what am i gonna do get angry and then i'm gonna be like okay so like why am i angry i'm just gonna give myself a heart attack now because i can't afford organic food like the rich are famous <laughs> so whatever yeah like I feel all... like that's, I mean, that's why everyone's sad now, because they're realizing, like, oh, man, this didn't do anything. <laughs> I, <laughs> we're back uh, in bad times. We're such in bad times. And I, I, I think that, I think that the, the music now is something that, like, I don't think My Chemical Romance coming back and doing a reunion tour is what we necessarily need, personally. No. I don't think we need that for the culture that we're, we're in now, for the, the change in, in, and everything now i don't think we need that i think we need new artists i think we need a new band to sort of take the place of that um to, to take the place of my chemical romance rather than having them come back and do it again i don't think that hearing the black parade performed again is what we need from my chemical romance which i mean maybe some people need it i get it <laughs> but at the same time do we need it as a society in order to process everything that's going on does our emo culture need this for the culture <laughs> and i know that most people will be like yes of course emo culture needs it because they're like emo gods and it's like okay but realistically progressively moving forward yeah i know and i i i don't know i mean i'm not against them reuniting i am just like i don't think it's as necessary now if they had done it maybe like six years ago like fallout boy did you know like if they did yeah it would have been different because like, it would have been like okay cool everyone's back and everyone's like ready to go yeah but we're like pretty far out from the last shit they did so like it just doesn't seem realistic now to like bring it back 
at all for any reason. Really, it doesn't. And I mean, you know, it sucks to say, I really wish I would have been able to see my chem live. But at this point, it's like, well, what am I going to be? What would I be seeing? Is it going to mean the same thing to me as it, you know, did years ago? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, and the thing is, too, is that we're there's so many more like modern emo and different even like even goth and like alternative sounding bands that we listen to during like 2005 okay maybe more brian listened to because i was like okay. <laughs> i was like what eight i think i was eight years old or something i wasn't that emo Christ. yet i still listened to jonas brothers and some evanescence during that time um so i was just okay. starting to break them out <laughs> mm-hmm. but i mean i've been doing the music writing exercise month over on twitter um at gordon battery hit it up it's right at the top it's a bunch of music you probably don't like anyway and it's about writing quick reviews so I asked some friends and they gave me some albums to review and then I was also going through my old like backlogs like Spotify songs and maybe I came across somebody and I just hit liked and I completely forgot about it because I only listen to albums I don't listen to playlists that have not like not continuous like bands playing I'm just really weird like that (laughs) so I was going back and trying to find more albums that were different or that I just hadn't heard in a while Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of good modern bands that are out now that have that flair of, like, early Panic at the Disco and, like, Three Cheers-esque sounds. Like, Sarah and the Safe Word, they're actually, they have, like, violins in it, and it sounds really, like, dreamy, romanticism, gothic, but also with, like, that time to dance type of edge to it. And their lead singer is actually um, a trans woman, so that's also really cool to have that aspect in it to be supporting um, LGBTQ plus, you know, in this scene when we really don't do that sometimes, I feel, when it comes to bands. Yeah. And, it's, I mean, they're, they're a band to check out. I'm actually putting them on um, that playlist, the single as fuck one. So there's <laughs> going to be a bunch of different ones that I went through and I just found and I'm like, oh, this is so good. Same thing with um, even if you look in, like, Latin America or other countries, uh, there's a lot of really good emo music. And sometimes it is in English, so you can understand what's going on if you don't understand but I will tell you, as somebody who used to listen to Mexican emo music in high school, <laughs> it's all in Spanish, and I don't know that much Spanish. I only know, like, some phrasing um, from when I was growing up. You know, even if you just Google Translate the lyrics, like, it's the same stuff, but it also has that vibe that you're going for, that you want to have that nostalgic sound in your head, but it's not cringy anymore to you. It's like, it's new, it's fresh, it's modern, but it's revamped. Mm-hmm. So it's not just Morrissey. Oh God, don't even get me. He wouldn't let me have a taco at Riot Fest. I'm still pissed. Oh my God. I just like every time there's like something about like any, any part. I mean, I think it's mostly Mexican, but I think if there's any part of like the Hispanic culture and like sad music, it's always about Morrissey. And uh, even to the point where I was just rewatching Ant-Man and the Wasp. And there's oh like a whole God. sequence about Morrissey because uh, um, Ant Man or uh, uh, Scott Lang's ringtone for his buddy Luis is uh, a Morrissey song, and I'm like, and then he like makes a reference to it, and I'm like, okay, yeah, <coughs> there it is, it's still there. You do have to remember Mexican culture, Hispanic culture is more of a death culture. So. Also true. They, uh, <laughs> Most people like seem to forget they'll steal, you know, the sugar skulls and everything, yeah. but they'll forget about the actual rituals and everything. It's but you know, whatever, whatever white people. Mostly, uh, I mean, people when they were interviewed about it, and I've seen this on a couple of things. They're interviewed about it because 
Morrissey is an Irish uh, man yeah. who moved to London, and that's I mean that's not that weird for us, but in England they some you know there's right. Well, they also had like the English Irish you know wars yeah. between Catholicism and um. You'd be surprised how not over Protestant. that some countries are. <laughs> Like, oh no! I'm very. I mean, if you them? if you look at how um, the the government over in Ireland is still with like abortion restrictions because they're so that closely related to the Catholic Church. Yes, yeah. it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> International politics, um, but apparently, like that's a thing of like if somehow his conversations in his music about that is is very relatable to the hispanic uh uh the hispanic culture in america and the hispanic experience in america and so they feel like some amount of like kinship to his lyrics so, due to that i don't know how morrissey feels about that i'm sure he. i don't know i feel tickets, like morrissey but... just <laughs> is morrissey i know he's such a fuck but i know fine i do find myself sometimes <laughs> enjoying a morrissey here and there and then I like, actually, oh, uh, I used to work with this dude when I worked at Pete's Coffee, and he was, like, unapologetically, like, obsessed with Morrissey to the point where you thought it was, like, a meme, and he just was not even joking. Oh he God. loved Morrissey to that extent. Like, he idolized this man as, like, a god. And it was really ridiculous. Uh, this dude was also like, I'm going to be the communist ruler of the world, by the way. So, okay, well. <laughs> yes, and... Good so friends. I actually got him as a as a secret Santa. So I found this prayer <laughs> candle of Morrissey, and it was a black candle, and That's... I gave it to him. And he was like, "Oh my god, this is the best present ever!" And his girlfriend was like, "Is like one of those really like, oh my god, you can't talk to anybody else but me type of person." <laughs> and like I wasn't there because I I was somewhere else. So he opened it, said in front of her, and like she had like this issue with me for the rest of the time I worked there. Like she would not address me. She'd be really, like, snarky to me. And I'm like, you are 24 years old. <laughs> Excuse you. At this time, I was, like, 23, 22. So I was like, you're older than me and you still, like, can't be an adult? Uh, I found that that sort of personality thing doesn't change with age. That is just something that some people are dealing with. And that's I will... A, that's a big yikes. Yeah, it's a yikes hard lemonade. Um, <laughs> I would say... That when you get older, some of that goes away. Um, like, for example, I don't really give a fuck about nothing oh <laughs> anymore. Um, I know you're old age of 32. Yeah, fuck. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just, a lot of that shit just is like, I don't care. Like, you just figure out that, like, it's not worth your time. It's very much like... Um, being in a rocking chair like where you're moving but you're not going anywhere um and it, it just all is a waste of time so if i can give any advice to our younger uh listeners from my older age of uh of, of, of life life lessons with brian this will be a new section at the end of the podcast called life lessons with brian just don't don't care as much spend your time on more productive things if something's bugging you be productive about it and also don't don't waste your time with people that aren't giving you the time like you're not you're not gonna uh, get what you want by uh you're not gonna get what you want by complaining until it happens basically yeah you have you're, to go out and like, do the thing yeah it's 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 about getting things done 
that you want to see for yourself and being positive and being empathetic to what you need and what you want taking care of yourself and uh, it's all about the self-care self-love this year yeah and like go to the fucking gym once in a while and like like walk have outside. a regimen like eat, just like you know have a smoothie have an eight dollar smoothie so you feel healthy eat a fucking salad like just 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 take care of your goddamn self because you will lose this body also don't <laughs> you will like shed this it. mortal coil <laughs> And just and don't don't deal with people who are just straight up idiots. This sounds like a Morrissey song. It really does, but really don't, don't deal know. with people who are straight up idiots who will say, "I tried to download Adobe and then oh, God, I hacked no, it, and then no. I called Adobe and said, why doesn't the hacked one work?'" And I was like, "What?" No. <laughs> why doesn't my don't be Adobe dumb. work? Please just don't be dumb. Don't waste your time on dumb people. I wanted your attention. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> just wanted to tell you that I am an idiot. I don't know any Morrissey melodies enough to like. I don't either. Have a good one, but like I'm gonna stand by that one for whatever reason. That was that's close enough, probably. Kermit the Frog. Love will tear us apart. <laughs> Isn't that fucking? Oh, Joy Division. Joy Division. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's Joy Division. Whatever. You're fine. I don't think anyone At least cares. I acknowledge it was Joy Division. Listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think anybody gives a shit. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for checking us out for another week. We are uh, finally back. Again. Well, you're back from having a pneumonia. Yeah, he's back from dying from just yeah. being old and drinking too much. <laughs> we both are. Uh, we both have come back from the from the living dead, the walking we're, dead. We're we're doing our best here. Yeah. As as humans as human beings um so yeah we got some stuff coming up in the following weeks and we're excited for that now that we can physically <laughs> do it we can move and not die while fucking just move living um yep so we will catch you next friday check out the playlists and from all of us here at the emo social club podcast we love you we appreciate you Love yourself. We respect you. We close talk to the microphone to you. ASMR. And we'll catch you next uh, Friday. Uh, goodbye. <laughs>